the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Today is Pentecost, which means 50th day. In the Old Testament, it was the 50th day after Passover. It was both the harvest festival and it became the day on which the Jewish people celebrated the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. In the New Testament, it is the 50th day after Easter, which fulfills the Passover. On the 50th day after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came to fulfill the words of Jeremiah the prophet, quote, I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. St. Luke describes the descent of the Spirit with the images of wind and fire. First, there was a, quote, sound like a rushing mighty wind. This calls to mind that in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, the words for wind and spirit are the same words. The Spirit filled the room with the sound of a rushing mighty wind, but it was not an actual wind. It does not appear that things were blowing all over the place. Second, Luke says that the Holy Spirit appeared as divided tongues of fire that rested on the heads of each believer. There was a kind of sacrifice in the Old Testament referred to as a whole burnt offering, where the fire from God descended upon the sacrifice and fully consumed it. The fire of Pentecost conveys this sacrificial image. However, the fire is more like the fire of God that appeared to Moses in the bush that burned continually but was not consumed. On Pentecost, the church becomes an offering to God that is sanctified by the fire of the Spirit. God's love is a fire that purifies us so that we may be an acceptable offering to God. In the words of our communion hymn today, quote, Oh, let it freely burn till earthly passions turn to dust and ashes in its heat consuming. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we become in the words of Romans 12.1 and of our liturgy, living sacrifices that are acceptable to God. The tongues of fire caused each person to speak in a different language. And this illustrates the diversity of the church. All received the one Holy Spirit and all spoke the same message but each spoke it in a different way. Each gave unique witness to the common faith. As St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, quote, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. The unity and diversity of the church reflect God's own being. God is three persons, yet one God. The church is many members, yet only one body. This is worked out in creative tension. All confess one faith and one Lord, but each has unique gifts and temperaments. Each serves God and his people in distinct ways. Each 
becomes his or her true and authentic self through the work of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes this diversity produces conflict. Others are different from us. They are drawn to different spiritual practices. They pray in different ways. They have different opinions. We are more comfortable when everyone is like me or everyone is like the conformed us we have created. However, the other who is different from me reveals Christ to me in new ways, for each member of the body bears the image of Christ. The different other challenges my prejudices and exposes my bad attitudes. My discomfort becomes the opportunity for me to grow. The flowering of genuine individuality depends upon an equal commitment to unity. Each of us must remain connected to the one body. Each of us must embrace the one Catholic and apostolic faith. Each of us must submit to God's moral law. Morality is always communal. It is never merely about my personal good. Our unity of faith and practice is the rich soil in which our diversity can grow and flourish. As we embrace the church's legitimate diversity and unity, the creative energy of the Holy Spirit is released in new ways and mission flourishes as it did in the New Testament on the heels of Pentecost. When we stifle our legitimate diversity, when we fail to practice the genuine biblical hospitality that welcomes the other who is different, the church becomes ingrown and abandons her vocation to mission. Today's gospel also has something to say about this. In the gospel, Jesus said, quote, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper or comforter that he may abide with you forever. At first hearing and glance, this sounds like uh, or suggests an individualistic interpretation. This could be taken to mean that if I personally obey the moral commandments, God will see my rectitude and reward me with the gift of the Spirit. This is a false interpretation of what Jesus is saying. The key question is, what are the commandments we must keep in order for the Spirit to be sent to us? And the answer to this question is not a mystery. It was given to us very clearly on Maundy Thursday. After Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he said, quote, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Thus, we must commit ourselves to the practice of love within the community of the church in order to receive the promise of the Spirit, both 
the command to love and the promise of the Spirit are communal promises. They're not individual promises. The word love tends to be equated with sentimentality. But if we look closely at the Bible, we will see that love necessarily involves conflict, necessarily involves feelings that are not always so warm. For example, the early church had notable arguments about the provision for Gentile and Jewish widows, the acceptance of Gentiles into the church. And Paul and Barnabas in Acts almost came to blows, arguing whether Mark should accompany them on their next mission. The inevitability of conflict highlights the truth that it is hard to love one another as Christ has loved us. It requires that we constantly forgive others and extend grace to others in the same way we constantly ask Christ to forgive us and in the way that Christ constantly extends his grace to us. Authentic Christian love requires that we be willing to sit in the tension of relationships with others without either running away or without ceasing to be our true and authentic selves. Unity in the church does require that we sacrifice some of our own autonomy and desires in order to promote the greater good of the body. But it also requires that we bring our true selves into the community so that the church can benefit from the unique way Christ is revealed to each of us. It is a sin against the unity of the church, against the new commandment, and against the spirit to run away when I don't get what I want. But it is equally a sin against the body and the spirit not to contribute my gifts, insights, prayers, and presence. This is a huge issue in our polarized world as well. Everyone is trying to answer the question, how can we all be one and also be the individuals we want to be? The world is failing miserably at providing an answer. In the world, this tension results in a rampant individuality that shows little concern for the common good, or it results in a totalitarian crushing of individuality to enforce unity or it results in a little of both. Facile talk about the virtue of individuality combined with an attempt to crush anyone who believes something or is something different than me. Our mission as a church is not to try to convince the world to be different. The world cannot be different because it is the world. God sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost precisely to enable us to accomplish in the body of Christ what cannot be accomplished in the world apart from God, in Christ and the Spirit. Pentecost is God's answer to the human enterprise that began at the Tower of Babel. Is our vocation and mission to be different from the world, to be set apart, to be holy, to be what God made us to be on Pentecost, 
and so to be witnesses for Christ in the world. On Pentecost, we renew our vocation and mission as the church. We ask the risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ to send the Holy Spirit to us in a new way, to purify us inwardly in the heart so that we may love each other with purer motives and to stir up our spiritual gifts that we may serve each other outwardly with greater zeal. The risen and ascended Lord Jesus promises to answer our prayer and send us the Spirit if we are willing to work at loving each other the way he has loved and continues to love us. As he said, quote, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.